Good Monday morning to you. I'm Angela Davis, and you're listening to NPR News. So glad you could be with us today. It's been a warm and weird winter so far. You know, over time, Minnesota's average winter temperatures are slowly rising as carbon emissions warm the globe. But El Nino weather patterns have made this winter especially warm. That means most of Minnesota right now really doesn't have any snow, and the ice is melting fast. It's February. Outdoor hockey rinks have turned into puddles. Ice houses are getting pulled off of some of the lakes across the state. Snowmobiles languish under tarps in the garage. And popular winter events, annual events, are getting canceled. This hour, we're going to talk about how our wimpy weather is messing with winter sports and recreation and the businesses that depend on them. And we'll also talk about the mixed emotions people are feeling, sadness and dread, but also some relief about those clear roads and walking trails. And looking ahead, it is likely we will see more record temperatures this week. The forecast for tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday, is for temperatures in the 40s, even the 50s in the middle and southern parts of the state. So as you think about this, I want you to know I want to hear from you. We want you to call in, pick up the phone, call us. Do you ski? ice fish, snowshoe, ride a snowmobile, or maybe enjoy other activities that really depend on snow or ice. How has this unusually warm winter messed with your normal activities? Or if you run a business or organize an event that depends on freezing temperatures, how have you been affected? I know you have a lot to say. You can talk to me about it. The phone lines are open. Call us at 651 651- Two two seven six thousand. Again, the number is six five one two two seven six thousand, or you can call eight hundred two four two twenty eight twenty eight. But first, I want to check in with Chris Farrell to get an update on what is going on across the nation, across the globe, with the economy. He is NPR senior economics contributor. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. Hi. Uh, last Friday, uh, I know we got a a, a blockbuster uh, employment number for the month of January. Employees uh, apparently hired a lot of people. They did. In Federal Reserve Board Chair, he was uh, Jerome Powell. He was on 60 Minutes last night, and he said it best. He said, look, so the broader situation is that the economy is strong, the labor market is strong, and inflation is coming down. This is a good economy right now. And um, the employment number came in much stronger than economists were expecting. And the, the labor market, the job market, Angela, it appears that it's picking up momentum in 2024, not slowing down as everyone expected. So the specific numbers, uh, employers added 353,000 jobs last month. And that's the strongest report in a year. And it was nearly double what economists were expecting in a Wall Street Journal survey. Women entered the workforce. That was a really big uh, part uh, behind a strong number. And December's payroll, that number was raised by 54%. So again- That all sounds good. It all sounds good. And what about the unemployment rate? So unemployment rate was unchanged at 3.7%. Black unemployment was also unchanged uh, at 5.3%. But one thing I do want to highlight is- the difference in unemployment rates between black and whites, it shrunk now to two percentage points in January. And to give you some comparison, that was 4.1% back in January of 2019. Asian Hispanic unemployment uh, also showed no change in January. 
And uh, as we look at the Federal Reserve, uh, uh, I've read that the Federal Reserve might not start cutting rates as quickly as expected this year. Um, you know, last week you said the consensus expectation was the Fed would start easing things in March. Right. And then part of this was that the number was going to come out. It was going to show the economy was slowing. The labor market wasn't that good. Then it comes out. as this blockbuster number. And so the immediate reaction on Wall Street was, OK, maybe we won't see cuts in March. And then uh, anybody on Wall Street, and they all were watching uh, Fed chair on 60 Minutes last night. You know, he also doused. Uh, what is it? You put cold water on the idea that there would be cuts in March. He said, you know, look, we really want to see more data. So we're just going to kind of kind of be watching things. But he doubts that there'll be the votes in March to cut rates. Um, so in other words, the Fed really wants more signs that the inflation rate is at that 2% target rate. The other thing, and I just want to raise this because it's starting to, we're starting to see this more of a conversation, which is, an important number to watch is the productivity number. And this is, you know, you do more with less. And the productivity number has been really strong. And the thing is, if productivity is strong, then, uh, you know, the economy can grow fast. Inflation can be low. Workers can, can get higher wages because you're doing more with less. Mm. And so there's quite, there's, there, there are genuine questions. There are serious questions about how strong, how durable is the productivity growth that we're seeing. But if it is strong, then that would lean the Fed toward cutting on the earlier side. I think it's funny. Many of us were looking forward to the Grammys last night. You're like, oh, Jerome Powell's going to be on 60 Minutes. I'm there. Yeah, I'm there. A lot. I'm there. That's what I watched. <laughs> Good for you. I'm glad you were there for us. So, uh, what is driving the economy as we look at it? It's consumer spending, correct? Consumer spending, consumers have been uh, spending has, has been strong. But what I really want to highlight, though, is business. You know, actually, you, you look at a lot of surveys of businesses, and they, they get this sort of negative tone, right? They kind of just kind of downbeat. But then you actually look at what they're doing. They're hiring people, and there's a lot of business investment going on, manufacturing, construction, uh, and also in digital technologies, which uh, has been has been really strong. And um, so the other thing is, and we've touched on this topic, and I think it's just an important topic to keep returning to, is just this incredible increase in business formation. You know, new people, entrepreneurs starting businesses coming out of the pandemic that no one expected. Well, that also leads you to believe, you know, they're you know they're investing in their businesses and they're. Therefore, that is a positive influence on business investment. Let's talk about um, real estate, the housing market. What's going on with people looking to buy a, a home, especially first-time home buyers? Well, I have to say, nationally, locally, it's just a tough market. I mean, you know, you have on the one hand, you have the you know housing activity has shrunk to its lowest level, and the kind of levels that you see during a recession. And uh, on the other hand, you have this very limited supply out there. And so that's propping up prices. And, um, you know, locally, sales in the Twin Cities in mm -hmm. 2023, they fell to their lowest level since 2011. And there was an annual report put out by the um, Minneapolis and St. Paul area associations of realtors. And here's a striking figure from the report. And I think it just tells you a lot about what's going on in this market. Since 2020, the typical payment on the median price home has risen from around 1600 a month to 2700 oh my a month, all right? So, you know, if you think about it from 2020, think about your pay raises. You mm. haven't had a pay raise that covers that kind no. of, right? So, uh, at the same time, though, we're just where you would expect prices should be coming down, but because supply is so limited, they're not. And lastly, the commercial real estate, we've seen a lot of uh, headlines about, um, and as we just see it, downtown office buildings still aren't full. 
Uh, what is happening there uh, with commercial real estate? So there's growing concern. Uh, Morgan Stanley came out with this report, the investment bank. This is $1.5 trillion uh, of debt um, that will come due for repayment before the end of 2025. And people are worried about it because, you know, the, the, the offices are not full. And, yeah, there's, there's some employers are taking a harder line, but people are still not coming in the way that they did before. Now, I'm not that concerned about it in the sense of thinking about, okay, well, the Problems in the real estate industry take down the economy. Mm-hmm. This this is a very sophisticated industry. They know how to deal with defaults. They know how to deal with refinancings. Uh, there's a lot of what they call vulture investors on the sidelines who will come in and snap up properties on the cheap. So in that sense, I think it can be handled. What I do worry about is what this means for, for local governments because their tax revenue is going to come down. And either they're going to have to cut services or they're going to have to raise taxes mm-hmm. elsewhere. So the squeeze is really going to be felt by local governments. So, Chris, our topic for the rest of the hour is uh, about the weather, how the warm uh, temperatures, the lack of snow and ice, how it's affecting uh, businesses and the economy. I really am curious to hear what are you seeing? What are you keeping an eye on? I mean, part of it is that like everybody, I'm just amazed to think that the Great Lakes began the year with the lowest amount of ice in at least 50 years, right? I mean, you just mm-hmm. think about it. Um, but nationally, I was looking up some numbers. So snow-based recreation contributes about $67 billion plus annually and supports over 900,000 jobs in the, the U.S. Across the country. Across yeah. the country. Right. So, and, you know, it's just, you know, the, the season's gotten shorter mm-hmm. uh, and it's just it's just harder and harder for businesses that in, who live off the snow to sort of make money. And, and there occur- are a lot of them, uh, ski businesses, snowboarding, snowmobiling, outdoor ice hockey, skating, ice fishing, uh, winter hiking. I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot. And then just to give you one other number, which is the Berkey, the annual race. Now, they're hoping that it's still going to happen on February 24th. In Northern Wisconsin. Fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. This is Northern Wisconsin. And it's a great cross-country ski race. But the estimate is that it contributes about $20 million to the region. Because people come from all over the nation, all, all over, over the world. the nation. So you got right. all the skaters and you got yeah. all the spectators. And, you know, will that happen? Will it not happen? You know, that's a... Uh, it's an open question. It impacts the hotels, the restaurants, uh, all of it, transportation. Yeah. All right. Well, let um, thank you for getting us up to speed on what's happening with uh, economic news uh, nationally and, and here. But And I want you to stay with us, Chris, as we continue talking about the impact of our, I'm calling it our wimpy weather. <laughs> I want to bring in another <laughs> guest to talk about how the lack of snow and, and the mild temperatures are messing with many of the things that Minnesotans, uh, that we love to do in a normal winter. And I want to hear from you to our listeners. We're taking your phone call. Do you ski? Do you ice fish? Do you snowshoe? Ride snowmobiles? Or do you run a business that relies on snow and ice and freezing temperatures? How has this warm and dry winter affected you? Call us at 651-227-6000 or you can call us at 800-242-2828. NPR News correspondent Dan Crocker is joining us today. He covers Duluth for us, but he also lives in Duluth. Good morning, Dan. Good morning, Angela. Hi. I know in in addition to doing lots of reporting and writing and editing, you spend a lot of time outdoors having fun, Dan. (laughs) I do. You're a cross-country skier. Uh, How has this affected you so far this winter? What are you doing? Well, um, it's it's been a bummer to, <laughs> to, to, to to be blunt. It's it's been hard on me. It's been hard on my family. It's been hard, it's been hard on a lot of people who who love to cross country ski. And it, you know, it's not just skiers. It's folks who have their their activity that they love this winter, whether that's snowmobiling or snowshoeing, like you said, or ice fishing. Mm-hmm. I mean, people just haven't been able to do what they as much of what they love to do. And it's a lot of you know, it's 
for folks in northern Minnesota, especially, I think it's it's a big part of why people are here because they love the outdoor recreation. And when that's suddenly not as accessible to you um, like it is this year, it's really hard. I will say, Angela, though, um, uh, cross country skiers. There, I mean, there there is a there is with artificial snowmaking. There is still some cross-country skiing. So I have been on my skis. There's there's one venue in Duluth at Spirit Mountain where they make artificial snow. So there's about a three-kilometer three loop or so, four-kilometer loop. But it's um, but, not the but, same, right? Because like, like, take us there. The experience of cross-country skiing, like, particularly when you're like in a state park on a trail and you're kind of moving through the woods and it's, you know, it's it's quiet and it's, you know... It, it can be very, very good for just like, you know, relaxing. This That doesn't sound relaxing. You are 100% right. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, and on one hand, I am grateful that there's been that, this investment and that I can still get in my skis. And there are four venues in the Twin Cities that make artificial snow now. But you're right. I mean, what I love about skiing is it's an incredible workout, but you can do it. You know, it's just magical to glide through on these long distance trails through the forests mm. of northern Minnesota where it's quiet and you're just gliding through the woods. And it, you don't even realize you're getting such great exercise because it's just such this. I mean, it can be really this 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 spiritual experience almost. And that's been taken away this winter. I mean, that just hasn't been available. There's been a little bit of snow in parts and the in the people chase the snow along the North Shore. There's a pocket mm-hmm. and. And over in northern Wisconsin, oh, there was a snow. There was a the snow lake. sighting. Let's get over there. I heard there was <laughs> I know, snow there. Right? And you know, but it's uh, but it's been hard. And then I'm always thinking about the children and the teenagers. And I'm wondering about like the high school teams, the high school athletes, uh, like being able to practice. Right? Have, have yeah. they been affected? Like they have been affected. My well, <laughs> full disclosure, my daughter is on a cross country ski team here, so they've been mm-hmm. practicing at Spirit Mountain. But that's not where they normally practice, and it's been really challenging because they have a huge team. Transportation can be really difficult. There's mm-hmm. added expense by going to this venue. It's really expensive to make artificial snow, and you gotta you gotta help pay for that. So it's really thrown a wrench into a lot of those plans for sure. And it's also it's not great for the environment either. I, I remember there was a story in the Washington Post uh, maybe a couple of winters ago about the snow making machines. Uh, just you know what that. The the they, sort of the fumes it puts out, or I guess they they take a lot. They they require a lot of power to run them. They also require a lot of water. And mm-hmm. you know these different these different places have different sources of water. Spirit Mountain has some limitations because they're pulling water out of the St. Louis River. Yeah. Um, other places, you know, well water. There's 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 different restrictions there as well. So you're absolutely right. And one more question: uh, As we look at downhill skiing, uh, that's what my family does. Or when our kids were younger, when they were growing up, we take them and their friends uh, uh, to to ski at Spirit Mountain in Duluth, Lutzen, just uh, north of there. And yeah. I know that even when they make the snow, it can be very icy and and difficult. The conditions when you know the temperature is hovering around or above freezing. And so, what are you hearing about the downhill ski conditions? So I mean, you're right. It's it's almost all artificial snow, and the and it's just not. I mean, you you're a skier, I know, Angela. And I'm it's a just beginner. Fu- I <laughs> I persistently and consistently take classes, I, but I I do. You're a, you're a lifelong learner. That's I'm a awesome. lifelong learner. It's true. But when it's icy, I'm like, no. It's harder. It's harder. It's, it's harder, harder skiing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and you know what's interesting, Angela? So all these all these areas they do have artificial they make snow they blow they blow artificial snow so they they're open but it's it's a really interesting interesting psychology i've talked to ski hills over the years and when there's not snow on the ground in the twin cities and elsewhere people it's just not top of mind for folks people aren't thinking about skiing and they're not thinking about driving up north and taking a ski vacation so it's definitely hurt them and mm-hmm. then the other thing i'd say real quickly is that it's been so warm this winter that there have been long stretches where the ski areas haven't been able to make snow. And they lost a lot of money over the holidays uh-huh. because it was so warm, if you remember that warm snap there. 
that um, uh, I know Spirit Mountain here in Duluth had it closed for a few days during their busiest time of the year. So they've taken a hit there as well. Wow. I was looking at some of the live cams. You know, Spirit Mountain and Lutzen have live cams you can look at at last night, but it was dark. I couldn't really see it. Uh, But Chris, (laughs) Chris, what do you hear there when you you hear, you know, Dan saying people, you know, aren't thinking about it or, you know, some stuff has just, you know, they've had to close for a few days because they just couldn't even maintain the snow that they make. Well, I mean, a lot of what I hear is – if I were a resort owner, if I'm one of the small businesses, there's a lot of small businesses in this market. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to be – it's just harder to make money because people aren't coming up the same way. I mean when Dan was saying, you know, uh, when there isn't snow out there, people aren't going up on the mountain where you can – I think you can also do that with a lot of the resorts. And then they're just not spending the kind of money because the snow snowmobilers aren't there. The cross-country skiers aren't there. And, you know, it's a very, very difficult market for them to be making money. Uh, Chris, what do you do outdoors for winter fun? <laughs> I, I know you're a walker. During the summertime, I know you walk a I'm lot. I'm a walker I lo- and, I'm, yeah? and I'm a hiker. So I, I am going up north. And the idea was in about a week and a half is going up north. And the idea when I made the reservation was I was going to go snowshoeing, which I really enjoy and I really like. Now I'm going to hike. That's what I'm planning. I'll bring the snowshoes. They'll be in the car. But, but you're my, packing your Nikes. But I am planning on actually hiking. And I really love hiking, so it'll be fine. All right. Okay, good. Yeah, because there are people who, you know, we did. Actually, I think all of this is my fault because the producers and I did a show early before winter started about <laughs> don't fall, the icing conditions, how not to fall this winter. <laughs> So for a lot Which of is people, a real thing. It yeah. is a real, a real thing. It yes. is a real thing. Um, so, so some people are like rejoicing, like, oh, I can actually spend more time outside. Well, I just have to say, so yesterday what really st- struck me, and I know, Dan, if this is happening up, up where you are, but it wasn't people biking it with the fat bikes. They had taken out their regular bikes, you know, the yeah. bikes oh, they used during the, the summer. Yeah. And they're kind of wearing the same clothes that, that they would be wearing in the summer, like a little extra shirt or something on top. But it just felt like, okay, this is this is when I see the bikers in St. Paul, this is like it is in spring. And Dan, are you seeing that in Duluth? I know here in the Twin Cities over the weekend, a lot of people taking walks. Absolutely. I mean, you're seeing you're seeing people get outside and, and mm-hmm. you know, I mean, and, and I, 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 I too have enjoyed as 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 saddened as i am by the loss of winter angela i think it's also really important like i mean i i've had, it's taken me a while to get to this point i have to confess but now i'm really trying to accept the fact that this is it's a crazy winter and i and to enjoy the warmth and the sun people are getting outside there are conveniences, you know, not as much shoveling. It's a lot easier to walk. It's not oh. as treacherous. So there are there are those benefits. I'm, I'm, I've shoveling. grown to appreciate them. I forgot that word, shoveling. Oh, <laughs> know, my right? gosh. Thank you for reminding us about that. Okay. Uh, we're talking about this winter's uh, weather in Minnesota so far with little to no snow and mild temperatures. And I want to bring our listeners into the conversations. I want to know, what do you do for fun uh, in the snow and the ice? Do you ski? Do you ice fish? Go snowshoeing? Ride snowmobiles? Uh, enjoy, normally, activities that depend on snow or ice. How are you doing? Uh, give us a call at 651-227-6000. Or you can call us at 800-242-2828. Uh, we have a, a listener on the phone. You know, we've been talking about the economic impact. Uh, I want to talk now with uh, Forrest Parson, who is on the phone. And Forrest runs a, a resort, Hungry Jack Lodge, there uh, on the Gun Flint Trail, also a restaurant. Good morning, Forrest. Good morning. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Tell us, um, how do you describe um, the conditions uh, up there right now, and, and how have you been affected? Well, you know, to be honest with you, it's, it's kind of undescribable oh. compared to what I've seen in all the years up here. 
Um, but yeah, we're definitely seeing um, a huge impact of, uh, you know, just tourism traveling to the area, you know, like everyone else has said, no matter what they're out doing. Um, but yes, uh, we're seeing fewer and fewer of those people and we've had to try and get creative and uh, come up with some new ideas to get people out and about. So we've encouraged a lot of hiking and ice fishing and, you know, we, um, we had uh, built quite a skating rink out here that people came out and enjoyed. Now, you, you um, provide snowmobiles. People can rent snowmobiles for you. Tell, how is that yep. going? Yeah, well, we don't. Uh, they're all really safe and shiny. They uh, haven't <laughs> been able to get out on the snow yet uh, mm-hmm. just due to the lack of conditions. So that's a huge loss to you, economic loss. You know, yeah. and, you know, we rely on, you know, we have uh, lodging here. We have a bar restaurant. We rely on the snowmobile rentals. We do sell uh, gasoline. You know, so we um, we are definitely uh, reliant on the on the snowmobile traffic. And so you've pivoted a little bit. You said you created an ice skating track. To tr- yes, to we did. Yep. At one point in time, it was about eight miles in length, um, and then we did get a little snow, and it got a little harder to manage uh, just due to the ice conditions. But because um, right you know, the- we still have about a mile and a half of it open mm-hmm. down to the end of the lake and back. The overnight temperatures, I mean, even overnight, like the temperature has been hovering above freezing. So there's not really much you can do. Not much we can do, you know, it, and it's, it's just been very, very mild. So what will you do now, um, I guess, as you look to your, your finances uh, for the year ahead? Well, you definitely got me looking at them a little closer than I have been, mm-hmm. you know, just due to the lack of business and, and stuff. So um, it's definitely... Uh, on the top of my mind, and one you know a concern for me, you know, yeah. it, uh, it's a lot. It's a lot of work and effort to to get through the winter. Just you know, dealing with typically cold weather and freezing and that stuff, and just managing the the plant around here. But we we still so have just, some time left. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we've got, I guess, well, still more February and March. Um, is there you know an opportunity that to sort of like. I don't know, are you bracing for hopefully you'll get a flood of people in March? Or if it continues, would you even have to lay some of your workers off? It's definitely been, uh, it's definitely, I've been thinking about it. And, you know, I hate to even say that. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, we work so hard, uh, you know, getting through COVID and challenging uh, with staffing. And, you know, I finally have a good team and we're we're doing well. And it's just, uh, now it's, with the lack of business, we're kind of here, you know, twiddling our thumbs, trying to make up stuff for us to do to keep them busy but the restaurant and the bar are open yep we're open we're still open we're trying to give it a mm-hmm. give it a go it's uh you know mainly the weekend business and you know it's you know pretty slow on the monday right. tuesday wednesdays mm-hmm. oh forrest thank you for calling in and sharing and uh we're gonna hope that the forecast changes for us um dan what do you hear in, in forrest's story are you hearing this from other business owners resort owners uh, I am, Angela. I reported a story a couple of weeks ago, um, a little bit south of Forest, down around the Finland-Isabella area. And um, it's, it's, there's a lot. It's not just his businesses. A lot of businesses, a lot of small businesses, a lot of motels, cabin rentals, bars, restaurants that really rely on that winter traffic. They get summer tourists and they get winter right. tourists. And those are the two big boom seasons. And snowmobilers spend a lot of money. And there's a lot of businesses that rely on those folks, especially. And, um, yeah, people are definitely hurting. Wow, Chris, uh, you heard him say that he sort of did a pivot. He opened an ice skating rink and tried to, you know, give – create a new activity. Yes. And he was, you know, he, and he said, you know, they're trying to think creatively, mm-hmm. you'd be creative about what it is they can do. And that's, that's kind of, and this isn't the minimize and uh, what, what, what uh, 
Forrest was saying and what Dan was saying. But one of the things is it's really interesting how creative uh, these small business owners, these entrepreneurs are. And so what I'm wondering is as we look ahead, are they going to start building into their businesses variability? So maybe they have, you know, a rack of bikes and then as he has already has the snowmobiles. Mm-hmm. In other words, this seems to be part of the, the land, the landscape that we're living in. And so how do you adjust creatively to that? Because that's what they're going to do. That's what small businesses do. Uh, but it's that adds to their costs. It makes their business uh, a lot less, you know, a lot harder because you're going to have to make more investments. But my suspicion is that their business models now are going to have weather variability built much more into the overall plan. Let's take another phone call from a listener as we talk about uh, our weird winter weather and how it's affecting people uh, emotionally and economically. You can call us at 651-227-6000 or 800-242-2828. In St. Paul, let's talk to one of our listeners. Greg is with us this morning. Hi, Greg. What do you want to tell us? Hi. Um, thanks. Yeah, I think this winter is a really a terrible um, for three reasons. Number one, the all the activities that you've just spent uh, time talking about, skiing, skating, snowmobiling, that we're all accustomed to, the temperatures are low, uh, just not low enough. Mm-hmm. The second thing is this winter and ones that are going to be like it are really bad for our environment, mm-hmm. plants, animals, the health of our lakes, and... I'm depressed and and, and unhappy with the response of humans for our leaders, the people, our politicians for the last 60 years. We've known that this is coming. We've known, and it's going to be with us for a long time. If we change greenhouse gas emissions today, it'll still, the the changes will be with us for decades. Mm -hmm. I don't think Minnesota is going to be the same in 10, 20, 30 years, and maybe it'll never get back to the wonderful place it was before. So, you know, for people who are enjoying, including myself, walking on clear clear paths in a 50 Mm. degree day, it's short term happiness, but over the long run, it's really bad. Mm, thank you. That's Greg in St. Paul. Uh, Dan, you've done, uh, you know, a considerable amount of reporting on the climate crisis. And, you know, as I mentioned in the introduction, uh, December through January, uh, the warmest uh, first two months of winter on record in the state. Uh, NPR chief meteorologist Paul Hutner notes that uh, we've only had 16 straight days below freezing. And that was between January 6th and the 21st, uh, only about two weeks. Um, I know you're not a meteorologist, but uh, you've reported <laughs> on this. You know, why is this? This year, this year, so unusual. Yeah, this this winter really has been remarkable. And Paul Hutner's talked about this. I've also talked to Kenny Blumenfeld about this. He's a state climatologist with the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources. And there's a couple things going on here. I mean, um, and folks have, who have been paying attention have heard about this. But of course, it's a really strong El Nino, um, warm water, really warm water in the Pacific Ocean. And that when that happens, we get we get warm winters here in Minnesota. So that's a big part of what's happening this year. However, there's also a climate change link because Minnesota winters have, as our caller alluded to, Greg and St. Paul, Minnesota winters have been getting significantly warmer since 1970. Um, we are now five or six degrees warmer in the winter. The strongest, the, one of the strongest signals of climate change in Minnesota is these warmer winters. This is, that, this is not getting nearly as cold, especially those overnight lows. And so when you take this really strong El Nino and then you layer it with this, with, with um, what we've seen 
over the past several decades with significantly warmer winters. That's why we're seeing this unprecedented winter. And I will say, maybe to cheer Greg up potentially a little bit, I mean, I do think when we have these extreme climate-related events, that's when people really pay attention. Um, And so I I do think that this winter, it's been so extraordinary, and it's really impacted what people love. And I think that will cause more and more folks to start paying uh, closer attention to the impacts of climate change is having on it. That it's not just something far out in the future, but that it's having real impacts on people's lives right now. And then um, am I putting too much hope into the month of March? Or the, I guess the challenge with March is that the, the temperature t- typically is warmer in March. I, mean, I think of March sometimes being very snowy, but it's, at this point, is it unlikely that we will get significant snowfalls? Is it hard to know? Yeah, I, that would be a better question for <laughs> for Paul Hutner. But mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it's funny because the um, the the cynic in me thinks we're going to get dumped on with snow at the end of March when, <laughs> when, right. when nobody really wants it anymore. Right. Um, but we'll have to wait and it's see. Confusing. But it's I mean, the temperatures are so much warmer that snow that falls, it's gonna it's gonna melt quickly too. Right. All right. That's what I'm thinking. And um, Chris, your thoughts too again about long term businesses are going to have to think. Okay, I got to have a backup, or I guess we'll spend more time thinking. Well, what if I don't get the snow that you know, traditionally we've had. What if we have another winter like this? And we will. I mean, whether it's, you know, exactly the same, we will have it. And I was thinking, and it might have been a story that you did, Dan. I'm not I'm not sure. But when they canceled one of the um, dog sled races because of a lack of snow yeah. and they were interviewing uh, the woman who, who you know, did, about how disappointed she was, you know, that it canceled and she was genuinely disappointed. But she also reminded the listeners that last year we had record snow. And so that's why I think variability is the real key to be thinking about. And (laughs) yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, next winter we could be talking about, you know, Mm-hmm. Lots, lots of snow, lots of ice. So it, again, the key to me with climate change, because if you think about climate change, it's about we are getting these bigger swings too, right? right? Ups and downs. And so mm-hmm. that's what the resort owners, and, and, and the problem with that, it's so easy to say, but really what that says is it adds to your costs. Mm-hmm. And right now I'm told we, we have a, another resort owner on the line. This is Quinn uh, McClone, the owner of Bearskin Lodge, uh, not that far uh, uh, from our previous uh, caller who we heard from there at Hungry Jack Lodge. Uh, you're there also on the Gunflint Trail. Good morning, Quinn. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Uh, I have had the pleasure of, of visiting uh, Bearskin. It's beautiful. How is it going so far this uh, winter? I know you're a huge destination for people who love cross-country skiing. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, obviously it's not, not the best winter we've ever had, Um you know, we are uh, we are lucky enough that we have been able to, for most of the winter, starting in early January, provide some skiing mm-hmm. um, because we have, you know, about four inches, five inches of snow on the ground. It probably peaked around eight inches. And that's let us, uh, with a little creativity, open up um, somewhere around 20K of skiing. And uh, that's a far cry from our usual, you know, 70-ish K. Mm. But uh, between using some lakes, which we don't usually do, but big loops on lakes and some of our trails that are seasonal roads so they're smoother so uh you know it's it again i mean obviously it, it it hasn't been the best winter for us but we've been able to to get a little bit out of it so far so uh for people like uh, you know dan uh was describing some you know the appeal of cross-country skiing particularly we can get out uh into into the woods throughout the forest what are the conditions like on those those ski trails throughout uh, the woods quinn well, uh, and, you know, I, I will say those conditions are are changing 
uh, fairly quickly on these these few days we've had here because we've, we've warmed up quite a bit like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, our trails in the woods, some of them are on roads, and then, then they're okay. Uh, but then when we get more into the, the just pure ski trail trails, uh, you know, we're, it's very rocky and everything up here. So mm-hmm. it's, it's harder to groom with low snow. So those trails are, are more of an adventure for people if they want to try it out, but they're, we're not really maintaining them uh, right now at this point. What are you seeing in terms of um, snowmobile activity? Are you seeing much of that at all, or is that even possible? Uh, yeah, I mean that's you know that's that's more of a question for Forrest. Uh, uh, we don't we don't do a lot of that. Um, but to my my only my only gauge of that is how much I hear it because um, we are close, you know, mm-hmm. fairly close to the trail, and I just don't hear it. Right it's more now. quiet. Yeah, so I don't think that's. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, that's. That's not the business that we're in particularly, but I don't think there's a lot of opportunities for that. You know, we're lucky that, um, you know, if we can provide 20K of skiing like we've been able to, that's pretty good, but 20K would go by real fast on a snowmobile. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're much more reliant on a much longer, you know, trail to make that activity happen. So, um, you know, we've been able to do things like we haul snow off the lake and dump mm-hmm. it on thin spots on our trails. Mm-hmm. Um and that lets us maintain that short amount of trails, whereas uh, that wouldn't obviously be feasible for a, you know, 60 or 70 mile snowmobile trail. And, and Quinn, I know this is a family business for you. Your parents bought this resort many years ago, and then you took over. Are you worried about the future? Uh, you know, it, it makes you think about the future. I guess I, I, I hope um, I, I'm not, you know, Mark Seeley or Paul Hutner here, but I, <laughs> I, I my um, I, I hope that at least short-term future, this is more of that El Nino dry, dry air um, situation. But, but, you know, obviously in the back of our head, because, you know, we have, I'm youngish and we have small kids and, you know, you have to think about the future of this. It is, it makes you think about it. It, it brings it a little more to the forefront front to think of uh, what we could do um, because we're, we're too, our trail system's too large and the energy demands are too high for us to really consider the um, man-made snow. So we will right. be You're relying on, reliant nature. On, on the natural yeah. snow that we've always been able to get. Quinn, have you had a lot of cancellations? I'm thinking also, too, back in December when there, there wasn't much snow. You know, we've been really lucky in that, uh, in that regard, in that um, we've, we've had a few. We've probably had more than we would normally have, um, but not that many. I think that, you know, being able to provide the little skiing that we can has really helped. And then I think that uh, we have a really, uh, you know, a great base of guests that come, you know, every year. Tradition, right, and, right. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think for them, they, it's, you know, skiing, if you were to ask, what do you, you know, what do you do up there? You'd say skiing, but what they really do is spend time with friends and family. And Yeah, I'm, I'm one know, of the like ones that, that sits around inside. So like, I, I <laughs> yeah, and I mean, they're still, they're still skiing, but you know, you ski for, right. uh, you know, Part of the day. three hours of a 12 hour mm-hmm. day. So, um, you know, they, they, mm. I think people are, are understanding that that's, right. you know, so much of what they're really coming up here for is, is the time spent with family to, to, and friends. To get away and have some time together. All right. Well, thank you for for your time, uh, Quinn. We do hope the, the, the weather conditions improve, uh, that, that Mother Nature is kind to us moving forward. Uh, can you just hear the... Um, um, the concern in his voice uh, for for Quinn, Chris. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yes, and that's boy, that's tough. That's, that's tough. really tough. But again, taking snow off the lake. I mean, it's just you know, I, I'm, um, do what you have I, to do. I have this theme here. I realize that, but it's about 
There are creative short-term responses, but again, longer term, how do you deal with the variability? Mm-hmm. And um, Dan, you kind of here. Have you been? You, I'm sure you've been to Bearskin Lodge before. I've ski- yeah, I've skied up on the Gunflint, and <laughs> listen, listening to Quinn, it made me made me think. I wish I I wish I lived closer to his 20 kilometers of trails because that's <laughs> that sounds that like sounds heaven to you. Great. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds pretty great, even if it's mostly mm-hmm. on the lakes. That sounds pretty great. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that adapt that adaptation that he's doing, and that like Chris has talked about. I mean, that's what these businesses are doing to survive. They're getting creative. They're putting skating rinks. I mean, that's the flip mm-hmm. side. We had really good skating up north before when we didn't have any snow. So you see these businesses getting creative and trying to do what they have to do. Let's uh, look ahead. Let's talk about events um, that are kind of hanging the balance. Uh, Dan, you did a story in uh, January uh, about organizers of the annual John uh, Beargrease Sled Dog Marathon canceling yeah. the this yeah. winter's race due to the unseasonably warm uh, winter weather and the lack of snow. What are we hearing about the uh, American um, uh, Berkebiner, the, the Berkey? What are they saying about what's to come? Well, this is again. This is I. I am signed up along with my wife, so this is very personal, personal? for me. But um, okay. but they're going to be announcing it in one week on the twelfth. What their plans are? There is going to be some sort of event because they have an artificial snow loop, and they're going to be able to do something. It's probably going to take a, a a miracle at this point to do the the regular course from Cable to uh, Hayward, Wisconsin. They're going to do something. It's probably going to be some loops, but we don't know. And it's going to be the challenge. I mean, and Chris alluded to this earlier. There's 13,000 skiers who come from literally around the world and around the country to ski this. And that's a lot of skiers to put on. You know, they spread out over a 50-kilometer trail, but if you're trying to put them on, on loops, um, it, gets, it gets tight. So that's the challenge that they have, they have to work with. I can see a lot of bike rentals. Absolutely. <laughs> happening, <laughs> right? No, seriously. Yes. Bike rentals, hiking. Uh, I don't know. Right. Well, we'll find out. Okay, let's take uh, more calls from listeners as we talk about our weird winter weather and the impact. 651-227-6000, or you can call us at 800 242 Oh, I'm sorry, 2828. I've changed the phone number. I'm so confused. 800-242-2828. Here's a a caller, a listener in Bloomington. Um, Oh, Susan Hill. Susan, you're actually one of the planners of the annual Sandstone Ice Festival. uh, And that is a January event for ice climbers in Sandstone, Minnesota. Hi, Susan. Hi, Angela. Nice to meet you. Hi. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. So what happened uh, with the ice climbers this year? Were you able to, to, to have the festival or what were the conditions like? Yeah, well, um, we actually had a very lucky streak and it was the, the really cold winter weather. Yes. Uh, it was like not, negative nine degrees during our ice fest. So we were able to have that ice fest. However, uh, there are there are more ice fests that are coming up uh, in the near future, February 22nd through the 24th at Winona Ice Fest. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, those, those plans for the future are looking okay right now as we have some really good temperatures coming up for ice farming, for ice climbing. So what, do, you know, what else do you do outside in the wintertime, um, Susan? Are you a, a, a skier? Yeah, I'm a skier. Um, I'm an ice climber rock climber. Um, sometimes you can even do that in winter, especially right now, mm-hmm. um, as well as a, uh, a an ice skater as well. So have you been able to ski this, this winter? Do you do downhill ski? Yeah, I, I have been able to get my uh, kids out skiing a couple times. Um, and 
I just recently decided to go into real winter and left for Salt Lake City and went skiing and, and some of the resorts and experienced some really good powder. Uh, are, you see, are you hearing that among all your friends? Folks are choosing to fly elsewhere, to, that people are going to the snow when they can. Yes, mm-hmm. I, I've actually seen a significant amount of friends uh, head out to Salt Lake City or Denver to be uh, amongst um, lots of snow and, and, and that real experience of winter. Mm. And then um, we were, we've were we been sort of talking about a lot of folks t- uh, turning to biking. Um, are you seeing more activity folks on bikes or is that something that you do as well, winter biking? Yes, um, I've seen a lot of my friends actually doing like long 10 to 15 mile road rides up to 50 milers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's been a very interesting shoulder season. Um, I feel like we're in perpetual um, um, on spring or otherwise fall. It's been a very interesting year. I have a lot of friends who are either very happy about it or um, really sad and remiss, for sure. And then a little, I mean, that's kind of sensitive. Either you love it or you hate it. That doesn't seem to be a lot of people in the middle ground, right? All right. Right, 100%. Right. All right, Susan, thank you uh, for calling in. Let's take a call from uh, uh, Aiken. Uh, this is Jim on the line. Good morning, Jim. What do you want to tell us as we talk about our, our winter weather and uh, the mild temperatures and the lack of snow? And good morning, Angela. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I run a small engine repair facility. Mm-hmm. And uh, in well, the wintertime, of course, it's snowmobiles, snowblowers, generators, ice oh. augers, and... Uh, it's been pretty had, slow? Uh, incredibly slow. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm actually just off Lake Malax, which mm-hmm. opened up around New Year's, was completely open, mm-hmm. um, and has skinned over, but it's not safe yet. People are going out here and there. Um, I've had zero ice augers this year. Part of that is because people are shifting to the battery-powered ones, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, my first push of snowblowers, the preseason stuff, was really good. I've had zero snowblowers come back in for any kind of repairs. Uh, I do snowmobiles. That's probably the largest part of my winter work. Again, my preseason was real good. I've had one snowmobile come back in mm. and that was a snow that was a ice fisherman that had some trouble out on the last here so I, you know, it has been i'm sorry go ahead no i i wanted to ask about uh the uh people who love to ice fish um Malax lake very popular destination for uh ice ice fisher people uh what are you hearing from the the, the folks who like to ice fish what have they been able to do it at all uh, they're either walking out or maybe taking their ATV. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are getting out portable houses. The, the, all the resorts are really struggling up here. Middies, right. um, Hunters Point, for example, put a lot of money into when we did have snow and a little bit of ice. They were plowing and they had their roads flagged and staked and ready to go. And then um, we haven't gotten any cold weather to keep it. Right. So now all that that investment that they made mm-hmm. is not they're not going to get a return on that. That the ice fishing season will be done here in mid February. So wow. kind of too late to save that season. Jim, it's sad, isn't it? It is very sad. Um, you know, up here this is what we do, and uh, you know, we, we'll we'll find other things to do. 
I'm a very avid snowmobiler, have been my whole life. And to not, this is the first year that I can ever remember that I have not gone snowmobiling at all. At all. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's Jim there uh, in Aiken, Minnesota. Thank you, Jim. Thank you for, for sharing uh, what you're seeing. Uh, uh, he runs a repair business. I hadn't thought about that, Chris. I didn't earn it. Sorry, think So, you know, gas stations must right. be having a lot less business. People right. aren't filling up their snowmobiles, for example. And, mm-hmm. uh, the restaurants uh, would yeah. be down. Yeah, you sort of just think about all the businesses uh, that trickles. are dependent. Yeah, yeah. right. Uh, Dan, for many Minnesotans, a cold winter, um, it's, it's, it's really part of our identity as a Minnesotan, shapes what we do for almost half the year. And so just in general, are you finding people are feeling kind of confused? I mean, I just I even just forgot our phone number. I, it's, it's confusing. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? What are we doing, Minnesota? I, I, people, you know, I mean, you know, that set, that sense of sadness. I talked when I, when I did it, I did that story a, a couple of weeks ago and I talked to a little eight year old boy oh. who plays outdoor hockey here in Duluth. And I asked him how he's doing. And he said, I'm sad. And he just kind of just the way he said it, it just broke my heart. And he and I told him, you know, you're echoing what's what I've heard from so many folks, especially across northern Minnesota. This has just been a really hard winter for a lot of people who love to. Who, it's a big part. Of, like you said, it's a big part of of the identity, why people live up here is to recreate outside in the winter, and that's been taken away. And so, um, uh, Chris, the um, advice, I guess, in terms of preparation for for next winter, um, it seems to be a, just have a plan B. I suppose. Yeah, I, yeah, and that's what. Uh, and you know, everybody that that you talk to, uh, Quinn and Forrest, they're going to have a plan B next year. Uh, and then, of course, it will probably snow, enormous amounts of snow, which would be great. <laughs> but everybody is going to have a more well-developed, well-thought-through plan B. And then, uh, again, Dan, in a week, February 12th, we'll know what's up with the Berkey. We'll know what's up with the Berkey in a week. And I should say, Angela, real quick, there's a World Cup ski race coming to Minneapolis in a couple of weeks. That is yes. on because of that. They made that decision of official on Friday because of their ability to, to build up a lot of artificial snow. That race is still on. So some good news. Some good news. Well, just good talking uh, with both both of you, my colleagues. Uh, thank you for this time uh, with me this hour and to all of our listeners and our uh, resort owners who shared their stories. I appreciate you. Uh, NPR News correspondent Dan Crocker there in Duluth for us and Chris Farrell here in St. Paul, our senior uh, economics contributor. Thank you everybody for listening today and let's find a way to get outside still, even if you just walk in, have some fresh air. Uh, let's keep it moving. This conversation today was produced by Maya Backstrom. Be safe, everybody. We'll talk again tomorrow morning at 9. Thanks for listening to a recording of my live radio show on NPR News. A reminder that if you want to catch my show in real time, tune in and call in weekdays at 9 a.m.